the terrible suffering of Mandat's land that there has been and to a degree continues to be inflicted upon Achim B'nai Yisrael. The Sakana, which continues, provides, it, 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 it asks for reflection on so many different levels with so many different foci. The, the, the current slide and venue, Tafasta, Meruba, Lo Tafasta, so we'll, we'll try, never, to focus on one aspect. When I was first reading, about what happened in Eretz Yisrael on Shabbos, so I saw that some of the survivors were comparing it to the Holocaust. And in my first round of reading, were basically all I saw were statistics, horrifying statistics. I didn't, didn't understand why they were drawing that comparison. With the second round of reading, where it wasn't limited to statistics, but there were already descriptions of how of what was inflicted and how it was done the unspeakable savagery so I began to I understood the comparison to the Holocaust and my third round of reading I now think that the savagery displayed by the Amalek of Toshin Peydelbid, obviously not in terms of numbers and quantity, but in terms of the, the, the savagery, it actually exceeds many of the Holocaust accounts that one reads. And then the question which some of you very sincerely are asking, others perhaps are on the receiving end of the question. So we understand that the perpetrators are a Malik, that they chose to abuse their to extinguish the humanity within themselves, to extinguish the Salman within themselves, and transform themselves into monsters. So we, we understand that. But the question is, 
ever understand all because that would mean that Kajvaru is exercising Hashkotha in, 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 in a way that, that's limited and constrained by our feeble understanding. Now, a little bit of an omek to, to this, a little bit of an omek to, to maybe a little bit deepen our understanding of this point. Again, let's begin with a notion. Let's say you have someone who's has some, I don't know, some disability that he can only see the world in two dimensions. When, when, when he looks at a person, he sees a, a cutout, a paper cutout figure. He only sees the world in, 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 in two dimensions. He sees, he experiences, and therefore, if he wants to analyze, can only analyze the world in two dimensions. And others who, who, who are not limited by this disability, they see the world in three dimensions. So it's not only the case that the, the one who's, who sees, experiences, and therefore analyzes the world in three dimensions, it's not only the case that that individual sees more, that individual sees a different reality. And it's not just a question of more, not just a question of countless, and maybe even Aphos is, is understating it. It's entirely a different reality. To see something in two dimensions, or to see it in three dimensions, is not to see more of it. It's not even just to see qualitatively different. It's an entirely different reality. If, if one wanted to oversimplify the, the, the Ramadan's teachings about Akashvaru, and there would be some toughness in doing it, as long as one was aware that one was oversimplifying. So one would, would reduce it to the following. We have a tendency to think of Akashvaru as I don't mean this facetiously, it's not a time for humor, and it's not intended to be humorous. We, we think of Akash as a superman. What does that mean? We think of that, well, we are mortal, and Akash is more, he's immortal. And we know so much, Akash is omniscient, he knows everything. But basically, we think of him in human categories, but since he surpasses us, so he's superhuman. And the Lord says, no, that's fundamentally wrong. Because Baruch's existence is entirely different and sui generis, and has nothing in common with our existence. Everything about Baruch is entirely different entirely different from us. 
And the same way the Rambam says that Eina Mitasa, the reality of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, has got nothing in common with our reality. So, so too, when we speak of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's idea, it has nothing in common with our idea. And that's what Yeshayahu Adavi means when, when he speaking in, in the voice of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So when Akash Baruch Hu sees the world, sees in quotation marks, Akash Baruch Hu sees a different reality. Again, Moshal, Ramad, I don't know, obviously, any Moshal, whenever talking about Akash Baruch Hu, by definition, the Moshal is, is, is inadequate. But nonetheless helpful. Moshe Lamadon to the one person sees, experiences, and analyzes the world in two dimensions. And another person sees, analyzes, sees, experiences, and analyzes the world in three dimensions. So the answer to our first question of can we, should we expect to understand all Dark and Shaka? The answer is obviously, very compellingly, no, of course not. Of course that's, that's mehanena. Of course that there have to be mysteries of the nine problems. There have to be, yes, there are some partial psuchos in, in, in the sugya of Hashavah, but obviously there are going to be partial sumos. It, it couldn't be otherwise. It's, it's ludicrous to think that that would be otherwise. The, the other element of the perspective on the question, again, we're not, we're not looking to answer the question, we're looking to have a perspective on the question. Let, let's again begin with emotion. Let's say you have an adult, and he's looking back on his childhood, and he's looking back on how his parents engaged in parenting. And the, the track record, the objective record is that his parents were wonderful parents. Always, even in terms of his subjective experience, always nurturing, always doing what was best for him. Once when he was 11 years old, they disciplined him very harshly. Neither then nor subsequently could he ever make sense of why they acted that way. It just it, it doesn't add up. It didn't add up when he when he was eleven and experienced it, and even now when he's 21, 31, 41, and looking back with an adult perspective, it still doesn't add up. So if he's going to reflect on his parents and their parenting, so obviously he can't have tunnel vision and, and hone in on that experience that Monday evening when he was 11 years old and draw inferences from that and, 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 and draw conclusions from that and characterize how his parents parented. Without 
without ignoring it, without denying it, but, but honesty requires that if he wants to have an accurate perception, instead of tunnel vision, he needs a panoramic vision. He has to reflect on his entire childhood. When he does so, that episode remains a conscious symbol. He still doesn't understand it. Maybe he never will. But he knows, he knows, again, in conjunction, in the Nimshal, with the first episode, that obviously there have to be things in Hashkocha that we won't understand. That has to be. It has to be that way. It can't be otherwise. But given what we do understand, there is a pattern. There's a pattern of our miraculous existence. There's a pattern of, of, of incredible chasodim, algabe chasodim, algabe chasodim, whose life here hasn't been changed by the, the bracha of being able to spend time in, in Medina Sisram. The reason you were able to spend time in Eretz Yisrael is because there's a Medina system. So yes, there's an indescribably excruciatingly painful episode which defies our understanding. We don't understand it, we're not going to understand it. But it doesn't, it doesn't shake a person's emotion because a person knows going in that he can't, shouldn't, that it's absurd to think he'll understand everything. And there is a broader context in which a person needs to think. That's the basis for Fitzidikadin. That, that, that's how a person, when, when it's literally applicable, when a person has to make the Lugotha of Dayananus, that, that's the mindset which allows for it. And, and, and that's what we need to be aware of as, as we reflect upon the, the, the current, the massive, in, in our system.